This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that gives you everything that you need so you can get back to your day. Headlines also is a daily podcast that you can get anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get into the headlines. We stop off at E-Wrestling News for our first article. John Fuentes is writing in at this hour. Colt Cabana was expected to be cut from AEW until talent spoke up for him. Fightful Select reports that Colt Cabana is still with All Elite Wrestling despite the initial reports that he was soon to be released. Now it was said that there was a bit of an uproar backstage when the word around was that Cabana's deal would not be renewed after it expired. Some believe that Cabana's lack of renewal came from his issue with CM Punk. However, that was dismissed when the Dark Order got the focus taking off of their stable. Members Alan Angels and Stu Grayson, they did not get their contracts renewed. Cabana is very popular backstage and several people expressed displeasure with the possibility of him being cut. Speaking up for him, there were so many other people. Now, they also believe that he should end up working with Ring of Honor. It was also noted that Cabana is almost never at AEW TV tapings. His last match was a tag team match, which he was defeated alongside Angels against the Butcher in the Blade on the March episode of AEW Dark. For more information on Colt Cabana and his status with AEW, definitely continue to follow E-Wrestling News, and John Fuentes has that article trending right now. Joshua Jones is writing in at this hour. There's an update on Jeff Hardy's arraignment and his bond hearing. Joshua Jones is writing, as noted, Jeff Hardy was charged with a DUI last month. Now, a new report revealed 
revealed that Hardy's arraignment and bond hearing has been pushed back next month. According to an online record, Hardy's arraignment and bond hearing will now occur on August the 5th in Volusia County, Florida. The original hearing date was originally for July the 5th. However, the Volusia County official could not confirm if that hearing was going to occur then. With that being said, it's likely that the date had passed without the hearing taking place. It's said that Hardy is currently in an inpatient rehab facility. For more information on Jeff Hardy, Joshua Jones has more of this trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour, Wrestling Entertainment Series, also known as WES, cancels its debut show. Now it's official, Wrestling Entertainment Series, which was heavily plagued, has now been canceled. The newly launched promotion took to Twitter earlier today and blamed that its first showing is going to be canceled because talent was just not going to show up. As expected, did not go over well with many. An official statement noted, we will be able to do the show in the event in the near future. Now, the statement goes on to say that all scheduled talent have been paid in full. They signed on their contract. Now, they singled out Nia Jax saying that she was paid her deposit, but she changed her mind and did not want to show up and wrestle anymore. Now, surely this isn't the best way to go about things and likely isn't going to do the promotion any favors in the future. You can check out the official statement as well as the reasons for Adam Schur, Chelsea Green, Matthew Renholt, Lince Dorado, and others. If you'd like to find out more about this, Ryan Clark has this article trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. E-Wrestling News is also writing in this hour Andrade, Carlito, or to clash at World Wrestling Council's anniversary show for 2022. And Ric Flair is also scheduled to appear. Andrade and Carlito are set to square off in the main event of WWC's as it resumes its anniversary show in August with Ric Flair also scheduled to be at the event. The promotion from Puerto Rico run by the Colognes has announced that this year's show will take place on August the 6th, which is the first time the event has been held since the pandemic. The show will take place at the Coliseo Ruben Rodriguez in Beaumont, Puerto Rico. Carlito will be taking on Andrade in the main event, and Ric Flair will be in his corner. As of this moment, there is no other matches that have been announced as of yet, but stay tuned as David Esposito will write more on this on E-Wrestling News. Continuing with the news, Ms. and Mrs. ratings and viewership dropped this week. As many of you know, the WWE superstar Ms. and Maurice have a reality show that airs on Monday nights right after Monday Night Raw on the USA Network. Now, the Monday Night numbers for the July 4th edition of Ms. and Mrs. are in and the show suffered a drop. Monday's episode drew only 483,000 viewers on average. This is a drop from season three's high of 669,000, which was last week. This is the second lowest audience number for the show in its third season. Monday's episode drew a .14 rating in the 18 to 49 demo, which is a drop from the .21 rating it got last episode. Ms. and Mrs. ranked number 15 on cable, and that's down from its number six position it was last week. For more information on this, David Esposito has more trending right now over on eWrestling News. News on WWE NXT 2.0 viewership, specifically in Canada, Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin news, and so much more. Tuesday's edition of WWE NXT 2.0 Great American Bash saw a big increase viewership, specifically in Canada. According to a report from John Pollock, the show brought in 57,000 viewers in the country to make it the most viewed episode since the show was in last April. U.S. ratings will not be out until a little bit later on. Now, John Pollock writes, and NXT's Great American Bash averaged 57,000 viewers in Canada on Tuesday night, which would make it the most watched episode of NXT 2.0 in the country since April the 20th. With more information on this, Ryan Clark will continue to have more updates if you continue to follow e-wrestling news if you're enjoying this podcast remember headlines is a one-stop shop podcast that gives you all the information you need in the world of wrestling we cover all the major stars from all the major promotions and we credit all the amazing writers it's available anywhere fine podcasts are made available so tag a friend and let them know about our show let's go ahead and let's continue with the headlines ryan clark is writing in this hour that mick foley 
says he took unplanned shovel shot to the face from Jerry Sags. What does he mean by that? On the latest edition of Foley's Pod Podcast, WWE Hall of Famer, Mick Foley commented on taking a shovel to the face during a match with the Nasty Boys at Spring Stampede 1994. During the pay-per-view event, Foley teamed with Max Payne to face off against Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. Foley says several of his big bumps during the match were improvised. Now, he said this one, on taking a flat bump on the outside during the match. There's not enough room for me to take this bump, he said, so I ended up just doing great damage to my shoulder because, well, I had to rotate in midair. Now, on getting hit in the face with a shovel during the match, I personally thought the fall was just not enough, but Sags had other ideas. None of us, none of us had any of this plan because the only thing we knew was the finish. And again, maybe I'm looking back at this with rose-colored glasses, but my recollection, I think that it was pretty good. Now, I didn't have anything necessarily planned, but maybe Max said to the guys that he had some stuff, but I already in my head, I was out and I was trying just to survive. You can keep up with more information, what Mick Foley has to say, because Ryan Clark has his article trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. Kip Sabian is making news at this hour. Kip Sabian teases possible return on tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. Kip Sabian tweeted earlier today that he will be at AEW Dynamite tonight in Rochester, New York. Now, his presence at the show would not be surprised because he's been regularly attending AEW television near ringside, often finding his way to the camera because he has been wearing a cardboard box on his head. The box with angry eye holes and the words underrated and over it was written sloppily all over the box and it's been seen many times this year. The last time we saw Kip Sabian not sporting a cardboard box on his head was back in April on Dynamite. That was episode where he was viciously attacked by Miro backstage. He blamed Sabian for his loss to Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor in the arcade and Arky match that happened back on March 31st of 2021 Dynamite. The attack was a major shock to so many, especially after Miro was the best man to Kip Sabian in just a few months prior. In Sabian's tweet, there was no suit and tie. He was just wearing his ring gear and an image with a cardboard box still on his head. Sabian recently shed his cardboard box in the UK where he appeared in the ring events for British Wrestling Revolution and World Association of Wrestling. It looks like Kip Sabian will finally be making his return to AEW. With more information on Kip Sabian, E-Wrestling News has this article trending right now. ECW photographer James Francis Quigley passes away. Ryan Clark has this article trending right now. Now, according to report from PW Insider, former ECW photographer James Francis Quiggs Quigley has passed away. Quigley was just 48 years old and he'd been battling cancer. Quigley was the official photographer for ECWWrestling.com. E-Wrestling News sends its condolences to the family and the friends of James Quigley, also known as Quiggs. Continuing on with the headlines today from E-Wrestling News, we have more information right now on Goldberg. Ryan Clark is writing in this hour. Goldberg discusses the night he won the WCW World Heavy Weight Championship. During a recent appearance on the Rich Eisen Show, WWE Hall of Famer Goldberg commented on the night he defeated Hulk Hogan in 1998 to capture the World Championship. Now, following the bout segment that featured several Atlanta Falcon players coming out to congratulate him. Now, Goldberg had this to say on the Atlanta Falcons being at WCW Nitro when he won. The night that I wrestled Scott Hall earlier in the night, and then I wrestled Hogan later in the night for the World Championship, the Atlanta Falcons were there. It's the wrestling business. You do a lot of crossover promoting with that. It was such an amazing moment for us. If you'd like to find out more about what he had to say, definitely follow Ryan Clark, definitely follow E-Wrestling News, 
and they will give you more information on what Goldberg had to say about the interaction with the Atlanta Falcons. Joshua Jones is writing also in at this hour, WWE reportedly touting Money in the Bank success. Now, many wrestling promotions often talk about how well their promotion did with specific pay-per-view or pay-per-view buy rate sales, but WWE is taking page out of Tony Khan's book. WWE Money in the Bank took place this past weekend at the MGM Grand Las Vegas Arena. Although WWE had to change the venue because of ticket sales, well, things didn't seem to go as bad as they thought it was going to be. According to Fightful Select, WWE sent an internal memo to executives touting the event's success. The memo reportedly stated that this show was the most viewed Money in the Bank in history. It was also reportedly drew the second highest gate in the history as well. Now, in terms of merchandise sales, the show reportedly also increased by 95% from last year's event. This should be noted that after WWE changed venues from Allegiant Stadium to the MGM Grand, the event sold roughly 12,000 tickets. Now, WWE Money in the Bank saw Liv Morgan and Theory capturing the coveted briefcases. Now, Morgan went on to cash her briefcase in later that night, and she became the SmackDown Women's Champion. Meanwhile, Theory stated that he plans on cashing his in at SummerSlam pay-per-view in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information on the success of Money in the Bank, Joshua Jones has this article trending right now over on E-Wrestling News. Joshua Jones is also writing this hour about more information about Tammy Sitch. As noted before on E-Wrestling News, former WWE star Tammy Sitch, also known as Sonny, is facing several charges of manslaughter after a fatal car accident that led to the death of a 75-year-old man, Julian Laster. PW Insider has reported that Sitch has approved for a public defender in her case in Florida earlier on today. However, the case of that has still been on a delinquency notice, which was explained why she is 1,183 days overdue in making payments in her case. She reportedly now owes Carbon County $4,544.30. Sitch's pretrial hearing is scheduled for August the 11th. We will keep you up to date on everything that's happening with her and her trial if you continue to follow E-Wrestling News. Also continuing with the headlines right now with E-Wrestling News. News on the Bella Twins, Bianca Belair, Mandy Rose, once again more about Liv Morgan and more. Biography WWE Legends will return for its new season this coming Sunday, July the 10th with an episode looking at The Undertaker. Now the Bella Twins also posted the following video today looking at their upcoming episode as well. You can also check out today's edition of WWE The Bump. This episode features WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan and former WWE writer Kazim. For more information on all of this, The Bump, NXT 2.0 World Champion Braun Breger and WWE NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose and WWE Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels will also be appearing on the digital series of The Bump. Continue following WWE and E-Wrestling News as they will give you more information on all the various stars that will be appearing. Brody King hypes his match with John Moxley. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. During his recent appearance on Busted Open Radio, AEW star Brody King commented on his match with John Moxley prior to AEW Interim World Championship match that will be happening tonight. According to The King, both he and Moxley share a love for Japanese wrestling and a very physical and gritty style. Now, on how he and Moxley share a love for Japanese wrestling, he would go on to say, John and I both have a certain affinity towards violence in Japanese wrestling and we're very physical and intense people. King notes that the bout isn't a match people were expecting, but promises it's going to be very, very special and very, very physical. Now, on both share a physical for gritty style of wrestling. Brody would go on to say, I feel like John and myself both have a very gritty, violent style. It's not flips and beautiful moves. It's violent. It's hard-hitting. And it's a brand of pro wrestling that I want it to be seen on a big stage. Now, on his preference for All Japan Pro Wrestling Four Pillars style, I want to see the Four Pillars from All Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to see that new, strong style. I want 
want to see people like us actually getting in there, actual agony and getting the crap beaten out of them. If you'd like to find out more what Brody King had to say, not only about his relationship and his feelings about wrestling with John Moxley, continue to follow over on eWrestling News for more information. Ryan Clark is also writing in at this hour. Leva Bates discusses her time in NXT, getting the blue pants gimmick over, and so much more. During a recent appearance on Thunder Rose's Taco Vlog, Leva Bates commented on her time working in NXT, how she got the blue pants gimmick over and more. Now, on her run in NXT, this is what Leva Bates had to say. Legit, I was never fully signed. I had a merchandise contract, but I feel like I was a science experiment for them. I came in for a one-time only thing. They didn't expect it to, to work out, and I got these blue pants chant. Hunter Triple H came to me and was like, you got a blue pants chant, and he just started laughing and cracking up. I was asked to come back for the next taping. Hey, you want to see if blue pants thing is still a thing? I said, sure. I'm waiting behind the wing, and Carmella comes out, who I wrestled for the first time. As soon as she comes out, they start chanting blue pants, and it was wild. I was standing next to the Ascension, scared out of my mind, not knowing what was going to happen or not. Then I got more blue pants chants, and they were like, holy crap, she's getting chants. So they just kept bringing me back, and I just kept working. Well, we knew it was a little weird, and it was a little cheesy, but I got some silly music as well. So, why don't get a silly shirt? Legit, a year and a half until I broke, basically broke my ankle. Now, on her SmackDown appearance. I broke my ankle, and I was out for a long time with WWE. Then I had a couple of different things, I was told. Joke is over now, it's been too long, but they're bringing me to SmackDown because the writer from NXT used to write all the stuff for Blue Pants, and they got moved from NXT to SmackDown, so they brought me in. I was on SmackDown a couple of times, it was never actually used. I was like, am I supposed to be in this spot or not? Then, a couple of hours before the taping, I would get removed. So one final day, I told someone, a friend of mine in the office, he was like, hey, this isn't a reflection of you. It's not going to say anything, but a producer and a writer are butting heads a lot, and they're nixing all of these ideas. I went out there to try to be an advocate of the product for you. If you'd like to find out more about what Leva Bates had to say about her run in WWE NXT and on the main brand, go ahead and follow the article right now that Ryan Clark has trending. Ryan Clark is also writing at this hour, Paige thanks AJ Lee, the Bella Twins, and others prior to her final release from WWE. As reported in the wrestling world and on eWrestling News, Paige wrote a goodbye letter to WWE during time on the Players' Tribune. In an update in this, Paige thanked AJ Lee, Stephanie McMahon and others in her op-ed. There are some highlights of this. She said on her segment of who she wants to thank. I know I've had this moment would be coming for a while, but it almost doesn't seem real. But now that it is real, though, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for people like AJ, who is an absolute badass. She was also so sweet and so thoughtful to me. I remember the first time we were on the road together in England. She got me a pair of Doc Martens with a Union Jack on the toe. Those things just make me feel remembered and special. That's AJ for you. I used to call her my fairy godmother. Gratitude for people like the Bellows who took me under their wing when they definitely didn't have to. The business hasn't always been the most encouraging space for young women, and I admire how Nikki and Brie came in and said, you know what? F that. The Bellas empowered me, and they taught me how to empower myself as well. Now, on those people that she had wrestled with. Also, seriously, the gratitude I feel towards each of the amazing women that I had to share a ring with. There are a million pieces of memories that I have with these WWE superstars, and it all comes back to me flooding. This is where my memories are. Whether it's my matches with Natty, my favorite opponent, or with Emma, very proud to work with her in NXT, or countless others. When I first got to WWE, we weren't very far removed from the entire bra and panties era. A lot of people still considered women's matches on the show, time for a pee break. And I also feel such a kinship with the women in my era because we worked so damn hard to prove ourselves, to prove that we could wrestle, and we wrestled our asses off. Now, on a personal note with Stephanie McMahon, and I'll never forget this, I was getting ready to go out there for my re-debut. Stephanie pulled me aside, and she said, 
can I talk to you for a minute? She gave him the biggest, longest hug and she said, hey, everyone out there loves you. You're gonna be, they're gonna be excited to see you. And you know why? Because you're a survivor. You survived and that means something. So hold your head up and enjoy this moment. It's yours. Stephanie was right as usual. I went out there. It was the most amazing feeling. No one hated me. Out there, I was actually glad I was back. I was still Paige. The connection was still there. If you'd like to read more about what she had to write about her experiences in WWE and her heartfelt goodbye to the WWE universe, Ryan Clark has that article trending right now on E-Wrestling News. Ryan Clark is also writing in at this hour. Awesome Kong recalls the time she asked TNA for her raise. Now, during a recent appearance on Insight with Chris Van Vliet, former WWE and Impact Wrestling star Awesome Kong commented on asking for a raise during her time in TNA Wrestling. According to the former Knockout, she went on to make a tenth of what Kurt Angle was making. She said this, That was definitely a spark that lit the inferno of women's wrestling now because they're doing that. It's not just a wrestling show. Not even women's wrestling. They're just workers out there right now, going out there and doing the deal. It used to be that women were the popcorn matches. They would always put us on the second match so people would be able to go to the bathroom and get their popcorn. It's getting much more respect nowadays, and we were demanding more respect. Outside of Gail and I, our program being successful and being an influence over wrestling. I'd like to say that we had a lot of influence over wrestling, and we advocated for all the women, especially in TNA. I would not keep my mouth shut. I would not understand some of the things that were going on. That was backwards. You can't tell me that when I and Gail were on camera, people weren't telling us that the numbers weren't spiking. I can tell you, I was worth X amount of money on paper, and then they would put you through this gauntlet, this maze of asking for a raise or to implement changes. One of the times I asked for a raise, I found out Kurt Angle and what he was making. All I wanted was one-tenth of what he was making. You look me in the eye and you tell me I'm not worth one-tenth of Kurt Angle? Just tell me that. If you can't tell me that, then don't pay me anymore. Tell me that I'm not worth one-tenth? Then what am I doing here? I had to figure some other stuff out. Can't tell me? Guess what? Maybe you should just try to pay me. With more information on when Awesome Kong decided to ask for a raise in TNA, Ryan Clark has his article trending over on eWrestling News. Once again, eWrestling News is your one-stop shop podcast for everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. We scour all the wrestling websites to give you a comprehensive details of everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling. It's a one-stop podcast, so you can go ahead and get back to your day. Let's go ahead and let's jump over to Wrestling Inc. Let's give you an update on Santana's injury. Now, many of you know Santana was injured during the Blood and Guts match last week on AEW Dynamite. AEW is currently being hit with more injuries, a slew of them. Many other stars, once again, including Brian Danielson, CM Punk, they had to miss big shows like Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. Now, the last show saw the trend continue. Blood and Guts participant Santana was previously moved from the cage match after blowing out his knee. Now, it was reported on Bustin' Open Radio, AEW President Tony Khan gave an update on Santana. He would go on to say, and I quote, obviously, it's a very dangerous match, and going into it, we knew injuries were a possibility, and I think it would be relatively a long injury. So, with that being said, Santana is out. We are here for him for whatever he needs. It's unfortunate that Blood and Guts match came out with injuries. It was just a knee injury that he had suffered and hopefully he'll be back relatively soon. On the June 29th edition of AEW Dynamite, Santana teamed with Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castanoli, who is making his Dynamite debut, ultimately defeating the Jericho Appreciation Society. Now, shortly after entering the match, Santana attempted to do a move and he followed through, but his knee gave out. Santana would not be part of the rest of the match. For more information on all things happening with 
Santana and his injury. Dakota Cohen has his article trending over on Wrestling Inc. Also some new news. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in at this hour that Shotzi Blackheart addresses fans' concerns after deleting her Twitter account. Just one lengthy message to address the criticism regarding the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. WWE SmackDown superstar Shotzi has decided to deactivate her Twitter account. The former NXT Women's Tag Team Champion had been receiving negative comments in regards to her botched spots that she had with Alexa Bliss during their match. But it's not the full reason for her deleting her profile. We learned when Shotzi took to Instagram to update her fans on why she made the decision to go silent on social media. She would go on to say in a quote, I appreciate everyone for checking on me, but I swear I'm fine. I've been going through the toughest year of my life personally, so it's deeper than any just nasty comments. But also Twitter has not helped with my fragile mind right now. Just trying to stay motivated and positive. I'm focused on my own goals and not what's on the internet. Shotzi had a difficult year personally to her own admission. Due to issues in her personal life outside of wrestling, she unfortunately lost her father back in January after a battle with COVID-19. At the time, she released a statement announcing the news, saying, Last night, I lost my biggest role model, my inspiration, my best friend, my dad. Shotzi had been enjoying a push on SmackDown as of late, getting featured regularly on the show in a heel role, which culminated in her getting a spot in the women's Money in the Bank match. Of course, that was ultimately won by Liv Morgan, who then successfully cashed it in to become the WWE Women's SmackDown Champion on the very same night, thus joining the Blue Brand. As far as Shotzi's social media is concerned, it appears she will still have a presence on Instagram where she shares photos and connects with her fans. With that being said, that's going to do it for Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and we will catch you on another episode of Headlines. The world of NLW Radio never stops.